Hi, everyone. I am tuning in from Soho Works in West Hollywood, and I'm talking to artist Phil America. How's it going? It's going good. Going good. Where'd you come from today? Home. Home. Where is home? Mid-city, Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles. Okay. Um, How long have you lived out here? I've been in L.A. for about five years. Okay, cool. From Sacramento, right? Well, I moved here from Bangkok, but I'm from Sacramento originally. Okay. What was... I guess let's just go into the whole genesis. Where are you from? What's what's the story? When did you move to Bangkok? Where else have you lived? Oh, it's such a long story, but to make okay. it short, okay. I... Okay, short but sweet. Short but sweet. Grew up in Sacramento, left when I was young, um, moved all over, lived all over Europe, Asia, Africa, and... Why? Pursuing <laughs> art, I guess, would be the simple answer, but okay. also because I wanted to. I'm sure I could do it in LA as much as mm-hmm. I could do it in Bangkok as much as I could do it in, you know... Definitely gaining inspiration. Yeah. I mean, picking up different things, understanding different spaces, places, um, trying not to live in the the confines of of a specific border or nation state or stuck in an idea or stuck in a bubble like we always end up doing. So trying to be at different places and learn different things. Um, Did anywhere in particular stand out? Can you list a favorite? L.A. for sure. Really? Of everywhere in the world, L.A.? Absolutely. I mean, if if it was somewhere else, I'd be somewhere else. Right. Basically, so... You should tell that to an East Coaster. I have or, way too many times and yeah, they don't like hearing no, it. No, so. they do not like it. Or like just being from up north. NorCal oh, always thinks that's that worse. in SoCal. That's yeah, worse. Yeah. That's way worse. I, I mean, half my friends hate that I live here. So. Really? Yeah. And the other yeah. half live here. So. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm from up there as well, which I think we've talked about before, but I have the same reaction. A lot of people are like, how do you do that? How do you live in LA? There's there's such haters. Yeah. Everywhere's a hater though. It's so. true. It's true. There's always something. But I think L.A. is nice because you have a mix of all those things. You have a little pocket of, you know, people from Bangkok. You'll have a pocket of people from Italy. You have so much diversity here that I think you can kind of find a little microcosm of all those different things and constantly be getting inspiration from that. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like people come here and hate on L.A., Mm -hmm. whether they're from Europe or Asia or Sacramento or wherever. And they have always have something to say negative. Then the ones who do, I always tell them that you didn't see the right part of L.A. because there's an L.A. for everybody. It's just a massive city that's like 80-something cities put together. And if you spend your whole time in Hollywood and you're a West Hollywood person, you're going to hate it. Spend your time in West Hollywood and you're more of a downtown person or a South L.A. person, you're going to hate it. Absolutely. I always use that Hollywood example, too. Whenever people talk about like going to San Francisco and only visiting the wharf or something. You're right. like, yeah, well, of course you're not going to like that. Of course you're going to go to LA and stay only on Hollywood Boulevard. That's not the experience. Yeah, it's New York people that like you go there and they they hate on Times Square and then they come yeah. here and stay in Hollywood. Exactly. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 completely. Uh, well, that's interesting. So traveled all over the world. When did you leave home? Did you go to art school? Did you just embark on travels immediately? I moved to first to Washington and was studying and I did not study art and never have studied art in the traditional sense. Um, Tried to always avoid it just because when you look at the the overall art with the capital A, the art scene, you know, the people who work in the art world, almost all of them, if not, you know, 99% of them all have uh, the same framework of thinking. They all went to Mm -hmm. the same institutions and all learned the same things. And My thinking was I don't want to be institutionalized in any way, but especially not the same way as everybody else who's working in that field. So if I were going to go into music, I'd want to study architecture. If I'm going to go into art, I want to study something completely different. So my path, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm studying every day. Obviously I've worked with a million artists and interviewed them and talked to them and read tons of books, both people who are alive, people who are dead. 
and um, tried to learn things, whether it be theory or whether it be um, just literally taking yeah. away from things. But it's at the same time, I'm also reading Baldwin and I'm also reading Patrice Colors and other things that where all these things intersect. So my practice doesn't end up being just the same thing as everybody else's with a different label on it. Yeah. You want it to be authentically you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. It kind of takes away the creativity when you have to fine tune the technique behind it, I guess. Right. Yeah. So when did you kind of decide you wanted to be an artist? Was it I've even never, a conscious I've never decision? wanted to be an artist. Okay. I still don't want to be an artist. Okay. But I mean, to put it very simply, I realized that the easiest way to talk to the most amount of people is through art. So art being, you know, anything to do with creativity. So you look at somebody who's a writer and they can only write in English. There's, there's not a single book that's translated in every language, so not even the Bible. And so when you look at that and you understand that not, this can't reach everybody, that's for sure. Mm -hmm especially when most books from people from here are written in English, which is a very colonial language, you end up pushing colonialism forward in a way. So I try to like peel back from that and think about how I can communicate in different ways, whether that be, you know, music or whether that be sound or whether that be installation or painting or sculpture or photography. There's ways to communicate that don't involve using these colonial frameworks. And so art is a really powerful way to do that. Obviously, like I still work within colonial structures, whether they be institutional um, museums or talking at universities and things like that, but at the same time, also trying to engage with other communities that are usually left out of the conversation. That's incredibly cool. Just making sure that people who haven't necessarily historically gotten any sort of representation or voice are given that. Right, and that happens all the time. I mean, when you look at the art world as a well, whole, we can just look at LA, for example, you can go, to this area over here, and there's so many different art galleries and art museums. Yeah. And as soon as you go under the 10, there's there's nothing. As soon as you go on the other side of the LA River, there's nothing. And yeah. I mean, nothing is, a, is, is the wrong way to put it. There is a few things down there, like Crenshaw Dairy Mart and Sola and stuff like that. And there were some spaces in the, in the East, but. Do you, like, would you call yourself an artist then? I mean, I use the term artist just because other people use the term artist. And if there's one thing that people in the West, America specifically, like to do is put people in a box. Yeah. Give them a and, label. Yeah, give them a label as a way to like circumvent having to like understand so much about a person before you can get meet them where they're at. But if you have a label like, okay, you're a musician, okay, you're an artist, you're a politician, you're XYZ, you're able to kind of bypass all of that and, you know, harp on the, the theory or the idea of what that is and then focus only on what the person has to say. So as an artist, if I call myself an artist, then it's like we can pass all that and they're going to look at it just as art. Yeah. But if I were to call myself a musician, then it, people would look at it differently, of They'd course. Like, no, so. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think maybe if, you know, circling back to being able to communicate with someone without language, that is a benefit to say I'm an artist, to be able to do something that people can comprehend. Mm -hmm. I guess that does in a way make things more broadly applicable. Yeah. And I think art is a language in, in and of itself, yeah, you know, and absolutely. as is a lot of other things that aren't just spoken or written language and just being able to communicate in a way that isn't just forcing us to be only stuck in this language in this conversation. I mean, when you think about even the difference between a couple different languages that don't have the same roots, for example, like uh, English versus a uh, Thai, mm -hmm. the way or the frame of thinking is completely different. When you translate Thai to English, it, it reads as very poetic because the way that they frame language and the way that they think is very different. So yeah. trying to translate literally doesn't really work very well. And so that's the same with art where like you're able to think beyond the borders of, of language. Like there's yeah. ways to express yourself that 
you don't need to harp on only one single word. If you think about the word love, there's only one way in English to say the word love. When you look at other languages like a Spanish, there's multiple ways to say that same word. So you're able to express yourself in a more deep way. But as soon as you remove the words, then you're all of a sudden able to express yourself even deeper in a way where you show emotion or you tap into other things other than just the the word that people have built like a, um, a definition around with too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, I know you, um, you know, you're a multimedia artist as well, right? Mm -hmm. What do you, do you have like a particular medium that you connect with more or you feel like you're able to sort of translate more to an audience with, whether that be photography, sculpture, painting, have you ever had those kind of experiences or do you have a favorite? I would say the favorite changes kind of often. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and it also depends on like what it is that I want to say. Like the old saying goes, the medium is the message. So I think about what the message is first. And then I think about what medium I want to use to you know, ask the questions I want to ask or explore the things I want to explore. And so the, I mean, it's kind of a two-part question, I guess. So the what I'm most comfortable with is probably photography because I okay. do so much photography and have always done so much photography, commercial work, stuff in fashion, things like that. So I feel very comfortable using photography or using a camera, like whether it's filmmaking or, or photo. But in terms of what I like using the most, like at the moment, I'm really enjoying painting. Like I'm painting a lot. Very and cool. that's it's very much like alone and by myself and I don't show much of it, but it's that's what I'm enjoying right now. Um, that actually kind of feeds into my next question. So when you are working or, you know, creating art, is it more of a personal expression, like your own artistic expression? Or do you always have, do you have clients? Do you have exhibitions you're working on? Like, how do you kind of balance both of those things? It's always very different. I mean, I've worked with so many brands, but also like made so many things that I show in in a space that's only very art specific and not at all attached to a brand. And my approach to things is very, very different than most artists, uh, most different than most designers, different than most photographers. So I, again, I kind of just like think about what it is that I want to say or what yeah. it is that I want to ask within the confines that I'm given. And a lot of people won't work with a brand or won't work with the museum or won't work with the gallery. And for me, it's, it's a lot less about that and a lot more about what it is I want to explore. And so if if working with a, let's say, corporation um, to go to the extreme, like mm -hmm. if I'm going to work with, say, like a Nike, it's, you know, the thing, the messaging is going to be a little bit different than, say, showing in like a white cube inside of a museum. So right. the approach is different. The message is different. The things that I explore are usually different given those things, because I think if I was exploring, say, capitalism and then working with a Nike, it dilutes what I have to say Absolutely. versus, you know, if I'm working within an art museum and I'm trying to create um, things that are wearable or tangible items that like would be considered fashion or clothes, they, you know, that's overshadowed by the fact that it's not attached to a brand that has a legacy and has a history. So right. it really kind of depends on what it is that I'm exploring, I guess. Have you ever had to deal with that kind of contradiction of, of working with someone that doesn't necessarily feed the things that you value every time yeah okay. <laughs> no I don't want to say every time but most times I mean I think like there's and I'm sure you experience it all the time it's like not nobody aligns 100% with what you think yeah. and what you feel even yourself usually yeah. so like myself I try to live by the morals that I believe in but I'm still not 100% pure I buy way too many things own way too many things yeah. drove here in a car that uses gas like there's so many yeah, like absolutely. contradictions within my own life that 
I try, I work with people who oftentimes don't align with me 100%, but I try to find the place where we all align and then push forward what we want to push forward with those things that are dovetailing in, in alignment. That makes sense. So is that how you kind of, if you're choosing a client or deciding who to take on, do you look for at least a certain thread or a part of a narrative that you can connect to and push forward? Yeah, trying to find where we meet and then also making sure that, you know, the, the places where we don't meet don't hurt each other's goals or visions like there's I mean it's not a direct yeah and there's I mean there's more more often than not um, folks who approach me to do something it's usually a no because there's too many negatives for us to be able to do something positive together or it's going right. to hurt you know the other work that I do because it's like it's so out of alignment you know I mean it'd be like you going on Fox News or something you know right. like sure yes like there's things where we can connect and we can make good out of being on Fox News and reach a yeah. new audience yeah at the same time, it like overshadows the other work that you're yeah. doing. You yeah. Know? Your followers would be like, hello, excuse me, what are you doing on there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you feel um, a certain sense of responsibility being an artist and being someone with a platform or something to speak on? I mean, I feel a certain sense of, I feel a big sense of responsibility just being here on this planet. And I don't know that it has necessarily anything to do with being an artist. I think as soon as you open your mouth or as soon as you put something out into the world, there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with that. But there's a responsibility with where I spend my money. There's a responsibility with who I you know, align with or who I give a platform to or who I, you know, support or what shows I watch or music I stream. Like all of those things are empowering and, and pushing forward certain things. So I have to be cognizant of all of that. So. Right. That obviously trickles down to my art as well. Yeah. Well, considering the name of this conversation is Arts to Activism, focusing, I feel like we've touched on it, but focusing on that entirely, what necessarily does activism mean to you? Do you feel like your art is a form of activism? Do you think art in general is activism? What kind of, what does that mean to you? Oh, that is a tough question. And I think you it's one that <laughs> I did want tough questions. Um, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I'll probably give you a different answer every day of the week. Okay. Um, depends on the mood. Depends yeah, on depends happening. on the yeah. mood. Depends what's happening. Depends what, you know. But um, art for me is absolutely not activism 100% of the time. I think that people think that art for art's sake is activism because of the fact that people, you know, government entities are dismantling arts throughout the country, throughout the world on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so just doing it or just existing ends up being a form of activism and I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that art is usually an extension of of an individual and has something to say and you know should say more than just the person. Um, hopefully the art stands on its own, but I mean I think that art I think that I am an activist first and foremost more than an artist, I would say, and art is just something that I use as a tool to like translate that activism and so to answer the question i would say yeah no, art is not always activism but my art is almost always like related okay. to my activism so for you personally it is indeed yeah yeah what are things that drive you what are you passionate about what is the activist in you screaming for striving towards that you want to be able to translate and relay in your art Ooh, I mean, I guess it's different all the time, but I think that there's a lot of, um, I it mean, everything depends that, on the project. Huh? It depends on the project. It depends on the, the tonality of, of what I'm able to do within the, the box that I'm been put in or put myself in. And then it depends on what's going on in the world, I guess. And so 
when I look at things that I've done, you know, it usually relates to race, class, gender, species, um, sexuality, things like that. Um, so if I think about, you know, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, I partnered with, e even with Soho House, we had done some talks like out east and stuff in here as well. And then um, me and uh, my producing partner that I work with on a lot of the projects I do, Trey Borden, we uh, came up with this project that was all related to um, the 50 years that had happened since the Stonewall Uprisings up into the 50th anniversary. And that, uh, you know, given the time, that was what we wanted to focus on versus like right now, given what's going on in, in the country related to the political election and things like that, the focus then shifts more towards things like that and trying to figure out what we can do in the immediate, but also like what will be long lasting. Right. Um, do you think just with the recent, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the pandemic and the global response to that, I've noticed at least a, a an increase in art turning to activism or anyone with a platform with a creative voice in any capacity using their voice as a form of activism or, or at least just something to speak on. What do you think? Do you think that there should be do you think that those things should correlate? Do you ever feel a sense of being being an artist, you know, in the art world? Is there a sense of, does it feel ingenu disingenuous? I'm just a little curious of like, there's been such a rise in that. And as someone who's kind of always used art as an expression of their activism, with so much going on right now, I think everyone feels a certain responsibility to post something on their story because they saw it and they think they should. Um, how does that kind of feel if, if that's a question in its own but mm, it's yeah I don't want to like criticize other people's activism even mm, though there's yeah, a lot of criticism fair. criticisms to be had and I'm sure a lot of people would criticize the way I go about my own activism so mm -hmm. I try to not focus on the negative and like focus more on the where, where we meet and what we can yeah. do together and so you know there's if somebody all they do is post the black square and think that they've done it or post yeah. the you know the the Armenian flag or whatever it is that's trending that that week, that month, that moment, um, you know, it's 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 a little bit and it's doing something and that's more than what most people have done historically. So yeah. the fact that right now people are more, at least in this country, people are more politically engaged and more politically aware than they've ever been. I think that in and of itself is really powerful. And when pe when it trickles down to the artists and the art, their art all of a sudden having some social commentary, I think it's great at the end of the day, you know. I agree. I, I think it really dilutes the point to be criticizing people on the same side. For sure. Regardless of, you know, the the intent behind it, if you're still doing it and if you're still spreading the word, then go for it. Do, yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah, I think there was like so many moments where people were really critical, especially when we saw like so many people in the street standing up against racial injustice in this country or in this in the, on this planet. And you saw, you know, people there was so many things that you saw on social media where somebody would show up, get out of the car, take their picture then post it on their social media and jump back in the car. And it's like, obviously there's a lot to criticize there, but at the same time, like, I don't know what that person's going through. I don't know what that experience, their experience is. Maybe that's all the time they have. And yeah. they're at the end of the day, they are pushing forward a message and yeah. maybe they're doing it in a vapid way. Maybe they're doing it in a, in a fake way, but at least it's still pushing forward the message. And so now all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you had Black Lives Matter, which was, you had literally people on quote unquote, our side of things saying that they were a terrorist organization Fast forward to now, you see like young little white blonde girls on the street corner, 17 years old, holding a sign that say Black Lives Matter. And so the fact that it, you know, people are doing it 
all of a sudden normalizes it in a way that we don't have to sit here and discuss, um, you know, whether it's a terrorist organiza- organization and instead can discuss like, yeah, black lives actually fucking yeah. should matter, you yeah. know? 100%. <laughs> it's a really a question. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a lot to kind of digest with with all of it is when I think when you do I I feel like I've seen works of yours that are out on the street and sometimes it's in a gallery you know is there anything that what what kind of inspires you I know it's such a cheesy question but is there anything particularly is it spur of the moment is it something you plan is it case by case but when you have such like a varied portfolio I guess you could say like what is what necessarily drives each thing I think, I mean, just to go back to kind of what I said before, um, I think the medium is the message. And so um, to answer the question of what um, inspires me, I would say it's like what I feel like I need to explore or what I need to engage with or interrogate or look into or learn more about or want to educate more people about. But in terms of what my approach is, it's more I will do so many things that um, take a lot, a lot, a lot of time, whether that's engaging with um, a whole number of professors who are experts on the topic and then reading a lot and then, you know, going places and trying to learn more about it and then engaging with it and then ultimately sometimes creating an artwork out of it. So to give like a very simple example, I do a lot of work that like uses a performative element to it. So I did a project where I lived in the largest slum in Southeast Asia and I lived there for a month and that took like literally me moving to the country, engaging with all of the people um, in that community, but also people who had written about it from a theoretical academia side of things, and then spending a lot of time there and building relationships there and like staying there for 24 hours straight and like those kind of things, like slowly but surely kind of uh, learning a lot about what's going on there. And then I had a home built by the same people who build all the homes in the slums and then had it you know, installed there and like worked with the mafia to be able to have permission to stay there. Wow lived there for a month and then um, dismantled it and showed it in, a, in an art space, right? And so at, I didn't know that I was going to show this as an artwork, the quote-unquote performance of me living there until after it was done. And right. so at the same time, I also lived with, I mean, not at the exact same time, but in the same um, vein, I was I lived in uh, Morocco and uh, West Sahara, Algeria, that region in the Sahara Desert with Bear Bear Nomads and I like filmed it, photographed it, all of that, and ultimately decided that there wasn't something that I wanted to say with it, but still like did the performance. So it it always depends. Like I, it, nothing is spur of the moment. Everything is extremely planned. Everything is very methodical and, uh, you know, step by step. And then at the end of it, deciding like what and how I want to say something or ask right. something with it. So that's cool. Sounds like it's also very driven by just personal growth. Yeah, absolutely. Personal experience. Yeah, so yeah. much of it is about myself as well. Like, there's yeah. never a project that there's. I mean, there's many projects that I do that I, you know, want to ask a question and pose a question to other folks and or to society as a whole or things like that. But there's never a project that isn't interpersonal as well. That isn't my own exploration of something and trying to like grow and think and learn and, and educate myself. Which I guess circles back to being responsible as a human being on this planet. Absolutely, and being yeah. as well-rounded as you can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a, a question you could comprehend answering, but is there anything you that pops out to you as being something you are the most proud of or so passionate about that maybe lives in a gallery or is a picture you took for something? Is is that even possible? I was scared to you were going to ask me this question because you, you, you asked the same question freezes. on the first one. Did I? 
Yeah, you asked you asked on the first podcast you did, and so oh yes, I did. You did, yeah, and it, it's like oh man, she kind of stumbled. Everyone too. always, like, yeah, you always freeze. I mean, ask me my favorite artist, and my mind goes completely blank. Like yeah. you can't do that. That was like literally the only thing I thought about before. I was gonna say I you should have prepared. And I was like, Shit, I don't have an answer for this. I hope you don't ask. But um, well, that's okay if the answer is you don't know. I mean, I would just say that I usually gauge it on on impact. So when I think about um, something that I've done, I think about ways in which it's empowered other folks or ways in which it's made people um, think or or have growth in themselves rather than myself. A lot of the things um, that I do in my own life, whether it's an artwork or whether it's something else, like I, I would say I don't usually gauge it on like my own personal happiness or what, what it's done for me. Because when I think about that, I mean, there's like, you know, ancestral mentors that I have, like a James Baldwin, again, like he's somebody who's, I've learned more from him than any artwork that I've done that's been a performance or something like that. Right. So I don't, I don't usually put um, a, uh, a number or like a ranking on my own right. work, but in terms of like what's impacted others in a way that's made me really happy, I would say probably um, I did a project where I, um, Actually, one thing that I'm really proud of is like I so I teach at a class for um, kids who are affected by the prison system and it's called POPs, Pain of the Prison System. And I've been doing that for like five years for as long as I've been here. And we've published a book every year. Um, We're about to drop our next one. And so I designed the last one and it's all writings from the kids. So we have a number of schools all around the country. The one that I teach is at at the Robert F. Kennedy School where he was killed, which is uh, called Lhasa, Los Angeles High School for the Arts. And just seeing that all of those kids come and, and go and like have the whole world against them. A lot of them don't have a father or a mother figure in their life. A lot of them do, but they're behind bars. And then to see that, you know, everything stacked against them and them still come out of it as a published writer, as somebody who's, you know, incredible. you know, like just it's so incredible to see how it affects them and how it empowers them. And then some of them have gone on to work for us or gone on to do other incredible things. And so that in and of itself is really inspiring to me. So if I had to point to one thing, I would say just maybe even just the book, the last book that we did was was really powerful. To Absolutely. Me. Where could people find that? Um, there is a, if you Google it, you'll find it. If you go okay. on the Pops website, it's Pops the Club. Um, but yeah, if you're going to buy it from somewhere, don't buy it from Amazon. Absolutely. But it is on Amazon. It is on Barnes gotcha. & Nobles, those kind of places. Got so. it. Um, well, that kind of segues into my final two questions. Where... What, what what's next? What are you working on right now? Where can you know? Where can we find you? Where can we see those things? It's weird because galleries, museums aren't open right now, but I guess a little bit. But a little bit. There's yeah, some stuff the opening up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had so many things planned. I had one big project planned for the whole year. Me and Trey Borden were working on this project, um, and that obviously got canceled, sadly. But um, always working on like. 20 things at once, mm-hmm. uh, working with, I always work with like a, a big team of people working on different projects, different people. Some, a lot of times they overlap, but, um, just thinking around things that I'm working on right now that I'm excited about. Um, I executive produced this album, um, for a political artist slash, um, musician slash activist. Let's say he's like a political organizer. His name's Crash Barbosa. So we're working on that. The project, the album is actually called How to Be an Activist. So it'll be kind of interesting. It's great for this podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone take note. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. And that should be coming out by the end of the year. Um, And then I'm working on a few things with Trey Borden, as always. Um, 
we did a big project on the top of the Crenshaw Dairy Mart um, with Black Lives Matter. That's a big BLM that you see when you fly in, and that's done. And we're but we're currently right now working on the album, um, excuse me, album the um, the video for it. Like we shot a documentary around it, and it's you know we had a NASA scientist working on it, engineering it so that it lights up at night and cool. in the day it's painted and. You know, it's the artist there at uh, Crenshaw Dairy Mart worked super hard on it. So it was, wow. it was incredible. And so that is something that you see when you fly into LAX and it's right under the flight path into LAX. So wow. I would implore that everybody looks out their window next My time they're flying in. My friend's on a plane right now. I'm going to have to have her do that when she comes yeah, home. Have her look out. So in the day, it's, you know, you'll see it. It's painted. Um, and then in the night, when you look up, look out, it's all also lights up. So That's it's a so big cool. BLM on there. Very cool. Okay. So where do we stay up to date? Instagram website. Mm, I would say, um, I would say right now is a moment that maybe don't follow me. Follow somebody. Um, follow okay. some other voices. I would okay. say look to other women within the industry. Look Love for that. you know folks who are not like cis white male Fantastic. Americans. We can include a little list. Yeah. So if there's somebody, I would say that um, folks should listen to or look to, um, or people that I would point to. There's an incredible um, artist, one of my favorite artists, who uses activism as a as a tool of art, um, but also does a million other things. It would be Patrice Cullors, oh, yeah. incredible, incredible, incredible individual, will be in the history books, is somebody who probably inspires more people than anybody walking mm -hmm. this earth right now. I would look to her. Um, I would look to some of the, the brands that are doing great work. There's this new brand that I really like called Viron that I'm doing a project with right now. They're a footwear brand from Paris. Um, all eco-friendly, 100%, no animals used in their okay. products, things like that. Um, I would look to what they're doing. Um, obviously, How do we spell I would that? V I R O N. Okay. Um, I would say what you're doing is really incredible. Thank you. Holding space for these conversations is really important, and Appreciate that. You know, reaching other people to look at what artists are doing is really, really important right now. Um, and then, lastly, maybe I would say, uh, let's say Dorian Lind. She's a female artist from Canada, one of my favorites, and okay. uh, probably the person who's helped me the most and taught me the most and and pushed my art forward more than anybody else. Cool. I got some some digging to do. Thank you. Um, final question. I want to know about the name, mm, Phil okay. America. Talk to me about that. To give it a, a kind of a simple answer, I guess I would say that I it's not the name I was born with. Yeah. Um, I was born with a different name. My name, my last name is after my father's last name, and we live in a society in here in, in this country at least, um, and in most of the West where people are named after their fathers. And it symbolizes, that symbolizes for me a way that women's uh, identities, names, imprint on society is systematically erased. So I wanted to reject that. But my father, uh, or excuse me, my mother, her last name is taken from her father. So, you know, with that said, um, that's interesting. You know, I didn't want to take her last name either. And her last name is, was that. And then after that, she got married before my father. So it's another last name. So it just becomes men's names on men's names on yep. men's names. And like, again, women are just kind of erased throughout history. So I wanted to find a way to highlight or to at least reject that and step away from that. So, Very cool. yeah, so I've tried to, I thought, you know, traveling so much and living abroad for so long, I was like over 10 years outside of this country people relegate you to where you're from or they describe you by where you're from. And people always describe me as like Phil from America or Phil from the USA. And so I wanted to, um, you know, take that on my shoulders for, for better and for worse. And I think that this country 
if we're going to think in in the confines of like nation states, which a lot of people do back to just people wanting to put people in a box, um, this country is incredible and it's horrible. And so when I'm everywhere and here, I want to I want to represent that for better and for worse. And I don't want to be the the guy in in Thailand with the Canadian um patch on my backpack even though I'm American because yeah. I don't want to have that conversation or I want to want to hide who I'm from if I'm in if I'm in Iran or I'm if I'm in you know Shanghai or whatever I don't want to hide who I am or where I'm from I want to you know I show up I'm an American guy I'm a white guy um yeah I, I mean I just want to wear who I am on my sleeve for better and for worse because that's the only way that we can dismantle all of these horrible yeah. systems and and build upon the ones that are really good yeah that's amazing I love that you can kind of dictate that narrative and I would say a good representation of America. So thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you for being here and thank you. talking to me. I appreciate you.